Online Crossroads fam, welcome or welcome back to the midweek service of Crossroads. Yeah, don't know when you listen to it, but it's midweek for us when we record it, and we're just glad that you're a part of it. Um, This is going to be different because we had some audio issues, so we weren't able to record our service the last time we uh, did this, but uh, I just wanted to talk to you about what we talked about because I feel like it's something that might be... uh, fuel for you in talking to someone, or it might might even speak to you personally. And several months ago, God laid on my heart that we are seeing more and more kids that struggle with things, and it's topics that I'm sure their families are talking to them about, but how responsive are the kids to what the parents are saying? And we invited our parents to come in and be a part of this. And, and having the parents of the kids here with us, we, we try to help them understand, uh, the parents, that it's not that I don't think you're covering these topics. I believe that you are. Uh, but you remember as a child, I remember as a child, when my parents would tell me that I couldn't do things, I immediately thought, well, it's because you're old or it's because you don't want me to have any fun or you just don't get me. And our adults that were in here on that Wednesday night, they agreed with me on that. And then I turned to the kids and I said, and then there are times when your parents, when you don't feel secure about something about yourself, you, you feel bad about something, and your parents try to console you, and your thought immediately is, well, you're just saying that because you're my, my mom or you're, you're my dad. And they, they didn't say anything, but I knew that's what they were thinking. And so what we're trying to do during this month is to help them see that the the things that your parents talk to you about, the things that they hear from me, it's not because we're old people trying to ruin their um, fun time. It's tr- we're trying to help them in life. And one of the biggest things that, that I see in teenagers for the past 30 years, and it's probably been going on since teenagers have been around, is our identity. Trying to figure out exactly who we are. There, there are things about us that people know. There are things that people have heard about us. There's things that people actually experience about it. And that's part of our identity. But I asked the question, I said, is your identity something that you choose or is it something that's given to you? And in asking that question, one of our adults, they just kind of sat there for a moment and they said, well, it's kind of both. I said, you're exactly right. It's, it's both plus. And we got to understand that our identity is, you know, again, what people see of us, what people know of us, what people have experienced of us. That's how they base what they see you as. That's their image of you. And our identity, part of it is given to us. We had no choice about being born. At some point, mom and dad got together and they had a baby. So that's something that's given. As soon as you're born, you have an identity. You have a last name. And so you're part of that family. The first day we brought our son to to church, that was what you kept hearing. That's Kenny and Jessica's baby. That's Kenny and Jessica's baby. And so our son immediately had an identity. Day after he was born, or it might have even been that day, they were asking us, you know, what do you want to name this massive DNA? They probably didn't ask it that way, but, um, and we gave him a name. So a name that he didn't choose, he was given that name. He's given a full name, so he has his identity, part of it's been given to him. We drove him home to a home that he had no control over because of where we lived. That's part of his identity, the area that we live. Uh, when when he got older and we started hanging out with friends and he started playing with his children, he didn't get to choose his friends. They were based on who our friends were, and our friends had children, so they all played together. And so those amigos, those three amigos, those peas in a pod, however you would categorize that, those kids, their identity was that's 
those kids. And, you know, they had their own little uh, kind of name about who they were. Um, the the church we went to, the school that he goes to, he, you know, he had no choice over that. So part of our identity is something that is given to us. But then you start getting older and you start making choices for yourself. Uh, when I got old enough to start making my own decisions, uh, still understanding that mom and dad had a final say so, but actually having a voice in what my life was, um, there were things that I liked and things I didn't like. I liked Coke. I didn't like Pepsi. Don't know why. I just did. Uh, I, I liked uh, Nike. I didn't like Reebok. Um, I liked Levi's. I didn't like um, Lee jeans. Um, I liked rap music. I didn't like country music. So I was kind of making choices. And based on those choices, people started coming up with the image that I was. They started seeing me for who I was or who I was making myself. Uh, I wasn't into running long distances. I wasn't into schoolwork. I was into lifting weights. And so part of my image was being a big swole monkey, a big muscle head. And so that was part of what I was. So the choices that we make also, you know, help create uh, the image that we are. And that's one of the things that that I tried to warn our students about is because uh, we're so concerned in making sure we fit in that fear of missing out FOMO, uh, that that uh, that fear of being by myself. Uh, we we conform what we truly want to be or what we truly are, and we do whatever it takes just so we can be a part of a certain group, a certain clique. Um, you know, some people want to be part of the athletic group, so they do everything they can. They go off-season training. They, they're lifting weights. They're running. They're eating good. They're part of that group. And it's not that everyone couldn't be part of that group, but because of the discipline that these athletes have, some people just don't want to fit in there. They just don't fit in there. Um, you know, our son, you know, he's he's a scholar, but he's an athlete as well. So he kind of bridges the gap. But there are certain he's got certain friends that he's you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, the nerdy friends that are the nerdy kid that he is. Um, he's all about building computers and reading. That's the weirdest thing. Man, we got three TVs in our house. Why are you going to read? But he loves to read. And so he's got a group of kids that he hangs out with, and that's what they love to do. They're always talking about computers. They're talking about skateboards. They're talking about, you know, these things that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But that's part of who he is based on a choice that he had made. He's got friends, and that's that part of that group. And, you know, we find ourselves looking for that that social group that we can fit into, and we, we change what we are so we can be a part of that. And if you think about it, how many of you could think of five girls that have the same exact hairstyle? How many of you can think of five guys that drive the same kind of vehicle? Um, you know, we we all could sit here and, and, and think about people that we know that have changed hairstyles, have changed hair color, have laid in tanning beds, have started lifting weights, have spent all their parents' money on a vehicle uh, or wearing a certain kind of clothes. And it's because the image they want to they want to be perceived by is that popular social image. But the harm that comes to that, and there's nothing wrong with us wanting to fit in until we compromise what God is in our life. That's when it becomes a problem. 
one of the biggest issues that, that people will face is if they're constantly changing what they are, their image, so they can fit in with what society is, they're never going to have a moment's peace. I had a kid walk up to me about a month ago. I was sitting, uh, getting ready for a football game. And as a chaplain of the football team, uh, I stepped out of the locker room and was just sitting on one of the benches outside. And this kid that had graduated the year before walked up and just sat down beside me. He was like, excuse me. He said, what's up? I said, nothing was up. And I saw him when he was walking up. And I said, so, uh, sporting a mullet, huh? He was like, yeah. And I said, why? He said, man, it's just, you know. Folks going to be doing it. It's cool. And I said, no, actually, it's not. I was around when it first happened. It wasn't cool then. It ain't cool now. And he said, well, you don't like it? I said, no, nah, it's as stupid as you are. And he just looked at me. We started laughing. I was cutting up with him. But, you know, that's that's one of those things that I see. People constantly trying to change what's going on in their life so they can fit into that certain group. Um, you never find a moment's rest because you're constantly trying to find out what you need to be to be accepted. I asked a group of students that I was speaking to at a high school, I said, how do you sleep with your phone? And out of the 20 that were sitting there, probably 10 of them or more raised their hand. And I said, why? And one of the guys said, oh, I listen to music. I said, okay, so you, you got headphones? Well, no, I just sit it by me and I listen. I was like, okay. So I didn't really know how to respond to that because that's, that's a, I guess that's a decent reason for it. But I asked the other ones, I said, why do you sleep with your phone? And they never would answer. And I knew what it was. I said, you're scared you're going to miss somebody trying to send you a message or you're going to miss something that's going on, right? And they all just kind of grinned. And I was like, you you stay up half the night trying to figure out what everybody else is doing. So tomorrow when you come to school, you'll be able to have conversations with them about what's going on. And they all just kind of sat there. And I was like, that's sad. When your whole world is wrapped around making sure that you're fitting into what everyone else is, you never truly find out who you are. And, you know, part of who we are is given to us. Part of who we are is uh, choices that we make. But the biggest part of our identity has to come from something greater than society changes or family. Is It comes from something much greater, and it comes from God. Um, there's something about being part of the family of God. And one of the things that I shared with him in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, but, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The biggest part of your identity is not based on what you choose, it's not based on what was given to you. It's based on who has chosen you. God has chosen you. When, when it says in God's word that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, that whosoever includes every person that's ever had a heartbeat. So everyone has that opportunity. And for those that choose, one choice that you make, those that choose to follow Christ, to, to take up the, the name of Christian, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a Christian. A lot of folks today are like, well, I don't want to use that word. Well, grow up. I'm a Christian. I follow Christ. And for those of us that have chosen that, God explains to us right there in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, you're a chosen people. You're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. You're, you're set apart. And it's not that you're better than anyone, but now your life has a purpose. That, that chosen people, you're part of a select group. The followers of Christ the ones that gain access to heaven when your life is over. 
you're chosen to be part of that. And, you know, one might say, but you said that it was not based on our choice. Well, you got to understand, God chose you before you chose him. He created you. So he knew you before you even had an idea of him. So his selection of you comes, and this is not a predestination talk. This is just God chose you. And because he chose you, you have selected him. You have said yes to him. It's, it's similar to when I ask my wife to marry me. And I asked her, I said, so when I asked you to marry me, what was, what, what was going through your mind? She said, well, I, was, I couldn't believe you'd asked me, and I was excited. And, but then she stopped for a second. She said, I felt special. I said, why? And she said, because you chose me. I chose her to be my wife. She didn't have to be my wife, but she accepted that. God has chosen us to be part of his family. And we don't have to agree to be part of his family. But for those of us that understand and have had that calling and felt that pull, and we've said yes to him, he says, now you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. The royal priesthood in biblical days were the ones that would go around and share the message of God. Not everyone had a scripture. Not everyone had a scroll. Those were the ones that went around and shared that. We have that. We're a holy nation. We're a group of people that belong to God. And we're set apart for a reason. Our identity is found in the one that chose us. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us create man in our image. Our image. Our image or our identity is found in the one that created us. And if you think about it, when he says, let us create man in our image, God, the creator and sustainer, part of us is a creator and a sustainer. And it's not that we make something from nothing, but we take what God has given us and we create families at some point. We create an atmosphere around us of praise or negativity. We, we have that, but we're also a caregiver just as God is. He loves us, so that love is part of us. And as Christ was sacrificial and servant, so are we. I, I told a group of football players I was talking to, I said, at some point, some young lady, for some reason, is going to agree to be your wife. And when that day takes place, your role in life changes. You no longer have a life that's built around you. It's built around that princess that said yes to you. And your, your role now is to provide for her, and providing for someone is always going to be sacrificial. And then you were to serve her. It's not that she sits on a, on a, a pile of pillows and demands from you, but your servitude towards her goes beyond maybe making the bed. It's not about that. It's about you being there for her. So part of God, the Father, there's that image is in you. Part of Christ, that image is in you. And then the Holy Spirit, when he says, let us create men in our image, is three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The image of the Holy Spirit, that thing that tells you yes or no, that voice that, that helps you along the way, that, that voice that connects to God when you just don't know what to say. And when I hear that, I think about not just my friends, but my child. Because there are days that my child just don't know why he's bothered. 
and it's days like that that I'm able to go to God in in prayer and just say, God, my son's hurting. I don't know what it is, but you do. Father, take care of it. And I just have to believe that the Holy Spirit has been doing that for me for years. There's also times that I guide my son. Son, you don't need to do this, and here's why. Just as the Holy Spirit guides us away from the temptations that we find ourselves walking into, we are to be that for someone else. So in the midst of trying to figure out who we are, when we come to the understanding of who has chosen us and that we were created in the image of God, we have to look at ourselves differently. If I look in the mirror, I no longer just see Kenny Martin. I no longer just see a former athlete. I see someone that is part of the family of God. That's where our identity is. And that's where our identity, that's where the security of who we are is, is found in Christ. Thank you for being a part of today's podcast. If, if you would like to reach out to us, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on our social media. Uh, you can go to KennyCrossroads.com, and it's got links to all our social media. And uh, i just love to hear from you. If you, if you like what you hear, um, you know, subscribe. Give, give us some comments on the, on the, on the podcast. Uh, just thank you for being a part of this. This, this podcast, uh, like every week, is brought to you by Crossroads Student Ministries. Uh, because it does cost something to do podcasts and um, our student ministries covering this. So just thank you for being a part of it. I pray that something that was said during this time, it might spark a thought in your mind. Maybe you're a youth leader. Uh, maybe maybe you have children at home, and this could be something that could help you in making discussion time with your family, with the students that you work with. Or maybe it was just for you today. Uh, I know that every time I speak, I don't know if anyone else hears it, but God always talks to me. And maybe today God's just talking to you. Thanks again for being a part of this. I pray that God will speak to you through this time. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of Crossroads.